welcome back to Too Long Did Read It, everyone's favorite investigation into the mysteries, the secrets, the the curses, the things we must never say out loud of Reddit. Wow, spooky. Spooky, scary. What happens if we do say it out loud? Then Voldemort will come for you. <laughs> what if I don't believe in Voldemort? Well, then you'll continue life as is. Great. Thank are you, you guys saying, sorry, are you guys saying Voldemort? I said it the way Allison said it, but I <laughs> did you say did not believe Volt- that's Voldemort? It's Voldemort, right? Voldemort. Yeah. Okay. What are you saying, Allison? Voldemort. Vol- <laughs> You're saying it with the T, it's a D. Voldemort. Okay, this is perfect. Uh, se- this is a perfect segue into right before this, Melissa started singing We Are the World. Because then, the reason is because we have these headphones and we're in front of a microphone and mine's on a stand much like it was in the video for We, we Are, are the, world. the World. Yes. Allison said, what is that? <laughs> Which is patently insane. Uh, and then said that she had been singing a Lionel Richie song for years without knowing it was by Lionel Richie. No, and I, then I Melissa was like, was Lionel Richie. Adele. You thought it was Adele. By Adele? Well, she has a song named Hello. Yeah, but they're not the same. Right. I learned that today. Oh, my God. So then uh, Melissa was like, actually, Lionel Richie was a huge part of We Are the World. And then Allison said, it's a concert. It was not a concert. It was a music video. What is it? It's just a song to To raise money? Yes. But to be fair, it did come out before any of us were alive. But it was still a a huge cultural thing Mm -hmm. that I feel like. Did you make fun of it? Was it a joke? Well, Yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. There's, it's there's, good okay. and it's serious and it's also funny. It's also bad. <laughs> Is it like when those celebrities sang when COVID happened? No. I mean, they thought they were doing a We Are That's the That's what they thought they, they were, were not. doing. Yes. Yeah. That's what they thought that they were doing. It's hard to recreate something that was done in earnest that has since become camp. It's hard to mm-hmm. then like recreate it as if it was earnest and then also – you're not going to ever reach the level of camp that it reached. So there's just no redoing it. The song was also written specifically for this. And mm-hmm. those celebrities, when they sat down to sing, that was not written specifically for COVID. That song already Can you imagine existed. if there was a song about COVID that they sang? Take my breath away. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Dark. What? Dark. Cancel me. <laughs> Um, okay, so we used to watch We Are the World in college all the time. It's it was for USA for Africa, we should say. Yeah. Um it came and, out in nineteen eighty five. In nineteen eighty five. And it has everyone. Everyone's in it. And we used to we used to uh watch it in college and just be like very high uh and very obsessed with it. And there's the part that we loved is the Cindy Lauper part. That's what I was like, gonna say. Were you about to say Cindy Lauper? Yes, Cindy Lauper, because that is the the most. I, I feel like if it came out today, people it would be so viral because it's not just Cindy Lauper. It's because Cindy Lauper Lauper is not a vocalist at all. No, and you've got other people in this room that are vocalists, and Cindy Lauper gets a solo, and we just see Michael Jackson looking, rolling his eyes so hard. That's the thing. Is it's all these people together. That are like you would never think of together, and the dynamics are weird. They're in and the, the same are, room. Yes, yes, they're, they're in all the same in the same recording room. room. It's a Wait, huge. She's not a good singer. 
No, I mean she's she's fun. She's not. She's in her she's genre. A performer. And this is yes, and this is not like people. We've got who else we got in the room? We've got Lionel Everyone. Richie, Stevie Wonder, Paul Simon, Tina Kenny Turner, Roger, Paul Tina Simon, Turner, Kenny Rogers. <laughs> Billy Joel, Michael Jackson, Diana Ross, Dionne Warwick. Like, you've got these people that have voices. like Power voices. Power Bob voices. Dylan. Noted singer Bob Dylan. Yeah, he doesn't have a power voice. Okay, then here's what's so funny is that it's all these, like, uh, musicians. And then for some reason, Dan Aykroyd is there. Yes. I mean, isn't that around the time Blues Brothers would have been out, I guess? I guess, right. right. I guess he could sing Blues, Blues Brothers. Brothers come out? Oh my god! They're singing in Blues Brothers. Oh, I, I can't even have. We have to start the show. I can't have this. Oh my gosh! With you. Yes, Blues I can't Brothers have came this out in 1980. Also, Alan, okay. Blues Brothers is part of your, my, and your friendship canon because no, Blues is, Brothers. Eh? What was? Yes, it is because Blues Brothers is what was on TV when I was living in that hotel and I saw your Payless commercial and I texted you and we became friends because. I was living in a hotel in Koreatown and I was watching Blues Brothers on TV. And that's when I saw your commercial. I thought we were already friends. We were friends, but we didn't, we hadn't been like in a texting friendship till I was like, Hey, I saw you on TV. And then we became close. Now we are. Who do you think you text the most in your life? Each of you. Me? Yeah. Uh, probably you're up there. The JBU account is up there. And also you personally, Leland. Ooh. I talk to Leland a lot. Uh, my friend Ryan. It goes through phases. Sometimes Sarah Marshall. I never even heard of this Ryan? Uh, Ryan is a a friend who went on a hinge date with my boyfriend, and then my and then Alex was like, actually, like you and Ryan will get along better. So, <laughs> and then he invited him out, and then Ryan and I became very close. When okay. was that? Like a while ago. Ryan's on my kickball team, but I recruited uh-huh. him for it. So it's like a while ago. Like, and then we met, and he was wearing like a backwards cap, a uh, a graphic tee that was like Taylor Swift, but she was in a metal band. And he was like, "I love Diet Coke," and I was like, "Alex, you really have a type. It's just like quirky weirdos <laughs> who love Diet what Coke." What about you? I think Avia. Um, oh, cute. Yeah. I think it's you two and then my parents. <laughs> Loser. That's cute. My parents okay, would let's... love. My parents would absolutely love if I was if I was up there. I told you guys about what happened. I'm calling my parents and they're too busy to talk to me. My parents think that like they're like Gabe never talks to us. I told you, I didn't tell the podcast this, but I told you guys that on Thanksgiving, my dad said that Cheyenne was his favorite, officially, and then said it was because she loves him the most out of all four of us. So really, you brought that on yourself. Was he joking? No. And because we looked at his phone and and in his favorites, Cheyenne is number one above his wife. And then I you am number six. You don't pick the order, though. You don't pick the order. Of yeah, the you can. Of yes, you do. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, you can assign it to the number that's on your phone. If you hold down, like, whatever number they mm-hmm. are, that's who, mm-hmm. what they call. And, and I can I'm just num- hit that number and it'll call them? Yeah. And I'm number six below his friends. <laughs> wow. Yeah. 
I still have John in my phone as John B. <laughs> Everybody's first name, last name in my phone. Everybody. Well, yeah, because you're organized. I have first name, last name, and then a little emoji to indicate you. I literally just have, like, sometimes how I know you. Actually, don't have an emoji for Melissa. Celia's still on my phone as Celia neighbor. <laughs> Am I in your phone as Gabe annoying do not pick up? No. I tried to call you the other day and you ignored me. I did. <laughs> I called and he picked up, so I don't know what to tell you. But you called twice. And you called me. We were going back and forth. Yeah. We have business to discuss. We were texting, texting, texting. Then I go, can I call you? Because it was complicated what we were talking about. And then Gabe would disappear. Wow. <laughs> I didn't disappear. I said, I'm getting out of the shower, which is not a response to can I call you. I just said something to- And also, to- like, 10 minutes later. <laughs> yeah. I just responded, like, something that was not a no, but was, like, a, a, a completely unrelated sentence to sort of not have to talk on the phone. Hi everyone, Allison here. Anyone who knows me well knows that I love to read. I am always looking for new books and that is why I'm so excited that this episode is sponsored by Book of the Month. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and to promote the work of emerging authors. It was so fun for me to get to pick which book I wanted to read this month and have it shipped right to my door. Book of the Month makes it easy to decide which book to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles. They pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All the books are good, so you can't go wrong. Every aspect of the Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. They have a highly anticipated release at the beginning of each month. Books are delivered in this really adorable bright blue box, and there's a fun app to help you pick your book and track your reading process. They also offer great values on new release hardcover fiction. It's much cheaper than other options, shipping is always free, and with a loyalty program, you get rewards and even lower prices the longer you stay as a member. My first book from Book of the Month was The Husbands by Holly Gramazio. I am tearing through this book. It is so fun. It's basically about this woman who one day comes home and there's a husband in her apartment and she's like, where did you come from? And then she figures out that every time her new husband goes into the attic, a new husband comes out and she's she's like shuffling through all these different husbands from the attic trying to figure out which one is the best. It is right up my alley and I love it so much. So if you want to take part in Book of the Month and have a brand new book shipped right to your door every single month, go to bookofthemonth.com and get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That's $5 off with code PEDALS. I cannot recommend this enough. All right, so now let's finally, halfway through the show, get into a Reddit post. <laughs> this is about a third of a way. Yeah, we're just a third in. Sit back, relax. There's a lot of content headed your way. <laughs> Our first subreddit of this episode is going to be just simply screenwriting. Okay. And now guess how many members you think is in this, in this subreddit. Don't look. Guess. Two million. Well, I'm already there, so. You think there's two million screenwriters? Yes, because I think that I think it's going to be something that's going to depress me. Yeah, it's one point seven million. <gasps> oh no! Not all of us can succeed. Well, maybe it's a lot of people who are just interested in it. 
I hope so. So the OP writes, Is it possible to get away with murder in today's era of master forensic evidence? I love that it's under craft question because it's like, I'm not asking for any other reason. <laughs> well, I don't, oh, no, that's so true. Okay. But let's assume it's for writing because they say, for a crime thriller set in modern times I am writing, I want the main character, a cop, to accidentally kill another cop in a shootout with the antagonists. And he wants to cover it up and make the other police believe the antagonists did it. However, I am not sure how to write it so he actually gets away with it. I'm going to stop you right there. He's a police <laughs> officer. Know. They'll cover it up for him, baby. Yep. <laughs> End of movie. That's what I thought, too. I was like, I believe anything you say. Just go to them, tell them what happened, and the cops will be like, sure. Let's assume that this is a question not about cops, then. Okay. Make it more interesting. However, I'm not sure how to write it so he actually gets away with it. I can't just have him shoot the guy by accident because the bullets will just be traced to his gun. Uh -huh. So I could write it so that he runs out of bullets and hides for cover around a corner, pulls out his personal pocket knife, ready to stab the next antagonist that comes around the corner, and he sees someone with a gun out come around the corner, stabs him, and then realizes he stabbed another cop who he knows by accident. Is this better since stabbings are harder to trace than bullet wounds forensic-wise? Hmm. If it works, I can write it that way. But if not, I will have to think of something else. Thank you for any opinions on this. I really appreciate it. Well, I mean, like in this specific scenario, if it's a cop, they'd have on a bulletproof vest, right? So you have to stab him pretty hard. In the neck. Stab him in the neck, Melissa. Oh, in the in neck. The neck. In the jugular. I think the big thing to talk about here is that we overblow how accurate forensics is. That's what I was going to say. That's what the next person said. That, like, we assume that they're just solving murders all the time off of forensics. And so Certainly much not. of forensics is made up. Yeah. And it takes so long to do it, too. It's not an instant thing. And so a lot of it never gets tested. Yeah. a lot, And, and then, like, all these experts, like blood splatter experts, it's not real. Like, they're kind of just making it up. Yes. And I and I would I would like to recommend a podcast that does a very good deep dive into this. But I don't remember the name. Allison. Let me figure let me find it. I okay, while you're finding that, I would like to say that since there are one point seven million people in this group, I feel like a lot of people in here are just trying to get away with murders and using it That's as what an I'm saying. under screenwriting. That's what I'm mm. saying. What the hell is this show called? I'm so embarrassed. You should be. You not remembering something? Oh my well, god. Well, what's so scandalous. embarrassing is that I literally made a list of my favorite podcasts for good pods and it's on there and I forgot what it was called. Okay. Well, look for it's your list. It's called It's called I found the list. It's called Unraveled. And normally Unraveled will take like a specific true crime case for a whole season, but in season 3 they actually break the format and they just talk about faulty forensics, expert testimonies, and wrongful incarceration. There needs to be more of that. There needs to be a lot more of that because witness testimonies aren't reliable. People confess for all sorts of reasons that aren't real. That's why propaganda is so hard because it's just like shows it as if it's this superpower or that like forensics is going to like nail down exactly who did everything and and only 60% like the best police department solved probably like 60% of crimes the uh, murders specifically that sounds high and that is that's the best you 
can get away with so much more than you think. The real problem is not forensics. The real problem is your phone. I think that we should not allow witness testimonies of people identifying people they don't know. Like any witness testimony that's like, oh, yeah, I saw this guy leaving that house. He looked like blank. It's that guy. That should not be allowed because people's memories are garbage. Unless it's a guy who has like an eye patch and like he's wearing sort of like 1920s gear with like a top hat. You know what I mean? It's a very specific looking guy. Yeah, he's dressed as a hot dog and he's riding a hot dog (laughs) car. The Wienermobile? That was another I think you should leave reference, Melissa. You gotta watch it. The the guy in um in uh, Moscow, Idaho, who killed those kids, they caught him. It was like a very bloody crime scene. Like they they should have had evidence. They caught him because his phone. He drove by their house like four or five times, like a fucking idiot. Wow. Leave your phone at home. Stop giving advice to murderers. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so I'll read another one that's from the subreddit Sad Cringe. Love. Oh, God. Sad Cringe is a place for awkward or embarrassing situations that also make you feel sad. Please note the sad part of Sad Cringe is in reference to when something makes you feel sad. It's not about calling someone out for being sad. Got it. Okay. <laughs> I love the specificity of this. I'm joining this immediately. Okay, so this is uh, a post of someone, I think it must have been one of their tweets, where they say, I'm 40 and I don't date girls over 24. My girlfriends are 20, 21, and 24. The 24 I've been with her since two years. Too much mileage and baggage when they're older than that. Trust me, I've tested it out extensively. So I recommend you do the same. 18 to 24 only understand the game yeah i agree (laughs) and then someone wrote in a response i said this in another comment but i just want to point out that the guys behind these accounts hire us sex workers to hang out with them and take pictures laughing my ass off last summer i was on a boat with four other women and the guys who booked it took selfies and snapchats with us all day which ended up on one guy's alpha male account where he was like these women flock to me Sir, we were there because you paid us to sit on a rented boat with you. That guy also went on weird rants about women's age and was like, look at all these 20-year-old girls I hang out with, not like those hags over 25. Reader, half the women on that boat were over 30. And that dung beetle and all his followers literally could not tell. I love They had no fucking clue. In the strip club, they regularly ask 32-year-old strippers with kids if they're in school because they think they're 21. They cannot tell. It doesn't matter how much they screech that they can. This is so funny. Oh I my god, this. the sec this sex worker is my hero. I love her. Right? I love her. It's so wild. And then someone wrote, Alpha douche, you're very mature for your age. Thirty three year old sex worker. Uh thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Incredible. I was gonna say I hated it until click the little button to read the the response. Great. Great job. Oh, yeah. The response mm-hmm. is the great part. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it is so horrifying. It's also just like, okay, so then what happens? Like, if you start dating your girlfriend at, at 20 because she doesn't have enough baggage, does she then just amass too much baggage having to tolerate you that by 25 you got to get rid of her? Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. 
I think it's that you just don't, you're immature and you don't want to have to answer to anyone and you don't, you don't want someone who knows how they should be treated in a relationship. So you're like, let me just get someone who I can just mold and I don't have to like mm-hmm. care about their feelings. And then the minute, at whatever age, the minute that person starts being like, you should care about my feelings. The person's like, what? I'm sorry. You're going through a tunnel. Shh, I can't hear you. And then they ghost. I also think it's like so hilarious that like all these guys that are douchey that post these photos with hot women, how many of them are probably paid to be there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like I hadn't thought about that, but I bet they're mostly all just paid to be there. Yes. Sprinkle, sprinkle. That's what Shira Seven says. Who's that? What's that mean? People that know get it. All right. <laughs> There's this woman. Her name is Shira Seven is her YouTube account. And she basically tells women how they can uh, get money out of old men and have them take care of them. And then you'll see on posts that aren't even specifically her posts on other things where people are talking about scamming men. And it just says sprinkle, sprinkle. And... It's in reference to Shira. Well, how can I get mm. it? I, can I say something? I'm on – I went on Seeking Arrangement. I made a little profile on Seeking Arrangement. I just – I think a lot of them are are bullshitting and I don't know how to figure out if it's a real rich guy or not. You got to go, – go watch Shira's videos. She breaks everything down for you. Okay. I, I just – I find them entertaining. Okay. Um, it's not something I would follow but I feel like you would get a lot out of it. Wait, why do you think that they're not rich? Because they could just say that they're rich, but how do I know? I need them to, Don't like... they have to send you money? Well, yeah, but I, but I think they have to send the money first. Because I'm not doing shit. What is it like? Are you supposed to meet them in person, or it's online stuff? It's whatever. It's whatever you want. They want to date you. That's the thing. It's not like... They, they're like, oh, I want to, like, date you and, like, go on dates and stuff. But, like, then I'll also give you money. Which is kind of an ideal relationship. <laughs> I really am, like, I'm looking for a patron of the arts. So, like, that's what my profile says. My profile is like, hi, I'm really just looking for someone to sort of fund my art and also we can, like, (laughs) date. Have you gotten any interest? Yeah, but I don't know if they're lying. Well, why don't you look them up and see if they look like they have a lot of photos with hot young (laughs) (laughs) But also, you don't do anything until they send you the money. Yeah. That's true. When I was in New York, when I was like a young, young little sex worker in New York, a guy was like, let me take you to Europe. And I was like, no, I'm busy. I should have just gone to Europe. What do you mean? You're 24. Uh, How busy could you be? No. No, He was going to bring other girls. That's a lot of time with somebody. You would have been so, what if he was a bad conversationalist? There were other girls that were going. It wouldn't just be me. He probably would have kidnapped me. Look, there's a lot of good reasons I didn't go. But I'm now I'm like, I could just be in Dubai with this old man. He'd probably be dead by now. This one you'll like. This is from Interesting as Fuck. And it says... In World War II, drag shows were popular with the troupe. Yes. It was a way to relieve stress. One British unit came under attack while hosting a show, so they had to fight while dolled up. The government tried to hide these photos for years, and then it's these amazing photos oh. of soldiers in drag having to, like, operate their weapons. Oh, my God. <laughs> 
I love it. <laughs> and then just this photos is what, of their this drag is the shows. Dunkirk Harry Styles should have been in. <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> and then someone wrote, "Bro, there's nothing gayer than straight Marines." Very true. Extremely and true. And then someone replied, as a formerly active duty Marine, it's only gay if you take your socks off. <laughs> as a sailor who worked with Marines, it ain't gay while it's underway. Oh, yeah. That's so funny. <gasps> I was going to say everybody in this photo, in these photos have on knee high, so it's not gay. <laughs> yeah, they got their socks on. <laughs> wow. Drag has only become part of the 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 talking point of the right wing and and a, like a ta- an attack on masculinity because because they're starting to re- they're like wait they're conflating it with like transness like they they're just mm. like it's just like people don't understand the history of anything so like people get all up in arms and they're like this thing was new and it's like it's not new this thing was like never a problem with like you know it's just like it, you're like you go from this to um don't ask don't tell like with the military and it's just like cyclical. Like people don't realize that after this, there'll probably be a really lovely creative resurgence, I hope, or like a pushback. I mean, I don't know because we've never been through um, such a hateful period of time when there has been social media to radicalize people even more. So who knows? Maybe it'll never go back, but I don't know. People just don't know the history of anything and then hate on it. It's crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Do you have a silly one? I have a funny one. A final silly one? Yeah. This is in our pics, and it's just people posting a place for photographs, pictures, and other images. But this made me laugh, okay? This lovely letter was delivered to me today, and it's uh, on loose leaf paper, and it's written in pen, and it says, Hello. Many people in blank, so their community, have complained about your giant skeleton and feel it is a monstrosity to drive by every day to school and work. Last year, the skeleton was very depressing and scary for the children. And for the adults, it is very offensive towards Jesus' birth on Christmas. It is an embarrassment to the community and is perceived as trashy. If you do not enjoy the spirit of Christmas, then please do not decorate at all. On behalf of blank community, please, in all caps, take it down. It is not funny either, ma'am. Signed, the people of blank. And then it says, also, no one wants to see bones during Christmas. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I love to see a bone during Christmas. Okay. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom. And then people you are know, like. Santa only comes once a year. Oh, my okay. God. <laughs> Let's and only it. if you're naughty. <laughs> okay. So there was like, is there anyone who wants to see a pic of this horribly offensive skeleton? And it's like, what? It's the Home Depot skeleton. It's clearly that big fucking skeleton that people had this year. Yeah. Is he dressed up as an elf? Oh, yeah. Why don't you dress it up as an elf? That's fun. That's festive. Yeah, that's festive. Why don't you you dress him up as Santa? I guess then the children would be like, why is Santa dead? But then it's, uh, what was that? Is it Nightmare Before Christmas? Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. One of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, skeleton dressed in a Santa costume. He definitely also, does. I'm, a, I'm assuming that most of these children were alive a month and a half earlier when Halloween direct decorations, <laughs> when Halloween decorations were up. This is true. Like in that month and a half, did they just like totally forget what a skeleton decoration was and became terrified of it? What this person should do is should make an entire skeleton nativity scene. 
Ooh, baby, baby skeleton Jesus. Baby, tiny baby skeleton. <laughs> I love Nightmare Before Christmas because it is a movie about cultural appropriation. Because the Halloween people, yes, the Halloween people go and they go to Christmas land and they love Christmas so much. They go, we're going to do Christmas, but they don't actually understand Christmas. So they do Christmas all wrong and it ruins Christmas. <laughs> Stay in your lane. Their culture is not a costume. <laughs> okay. Whose turn is it for Reddit or not? Gabe. Wow. Okay. Golly gee. Well, you know how people make like tiny burritos? Uh huh. Do you think anyone ever makes like really small little salads that are like one leaf? Let's see. Very tiny salad. The tiniest little salad. I, I have I'm, seen I'm it. Hungry. I have seen it, but I don't know if it's on. I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry too. Oh, yeah. wow. Very small salad <gasps> is a post. And it's it's on that Reddit, we want plates, and it's a small salad in a wine glass. Oh, my God. I would be pissed if I ordered that and it came out like that. There's this girl that I follow on um, on Reels that uh, she does, like, impressions of the Kardashians. And she's so funny. And one of her things is that she always has them eating sa- – you know how the Kardashians eat those big salads? She always has mm-hmm. them, like, eating the salads in a weird way. So, like, she has one where it's, like, the salad is in just, like, a glass and the person is just, like, Chloe. Her version of Chloe is just, like, stirring the salad in the glass with, like, a with like a, a straw. Or, like, then she'll have, like, one of them, like, eating this. It'll be, like, a salad in a wine glass or, like, something like that. Like, it's always they're, like, eating the salad in such a stupid way. I also found the miniatures subreddit where we have exactly what you were looking for, which is a tiny little salad in a tiny little woven basket. Yep. I just is it made it out of salad or no? Yes, it is. Yes, it's it made is. Out of salad. It's the under our miniatures. I just sent yeah. it to you in a text message. It looks like they made the salad straight from their <gasps> garden, too. Wow. It's so a cute. small garden. <laughs> wow. It's so cute. What is this, a salad for ants? Yeah. Wow, we really did it. And now it's time for us to all go eat dinner. So- yep. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back on Wednesday with another full episode of Just Between Us, which you can access ad-free on Patreon at patreon.com slash justbetweenus, where you will get eight ad-free episodes per month, plus additional video content, including a whole video of this entire show that you just watched that was that filled with a lot of facial expressions, I gotta be honest, for just $3 a month. And we will also be back on Monday with another episode of Too Long Did Read It. And we have new merch. Get it at JustBetweenUsPod.com. Just Between Us is a Gallison production hosted by me, Allison Raskin. And me, Gabe Dunn. Produced by Melissa D. Montz and Diamond M. Print Productions. Edited by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Brendan Burns composed our killer theme music. Join our Patreon to watch full episodes and listen ad-free. The link is in the description. And make sure to follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Discord, and Reddit. 